The Chicago Blackhawks finally get back in the W column with a 1-0 win over the Anaheim Ducks. On today's episode, I'll break down Peter Morazic's 37-save shutout, a much-improved performance out of the Blackhawks special teams, and I'll also get into a preview of Saturday's matchup with the St. Louis Blues. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Do me a quick favor. Go and give at Jack Bushman 2 a quick follow on X. And you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talking Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And also a quick reminder to please go and show some support real quick by smashing that like button, commenting down below, and subscribing to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. All those things really do help drive the YouTube algorithm and Google SEO in my direction. So I would greatly appreciate all of your help. And it also won't cost you anything. It's 100% free. It's very easy to go and do. So make sure to take care of all of that real quick. And I also got to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the best place to bet on the NFL. Sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. All right, good afternoon, everyone. As always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. Let me just say happy Friday to everyone out there as we are getting close to that weekend. I hope everyone's Friday is off to a phenomenal start in a rare episode where we get to break down a Chicago Blackhawks victory here as a one nothing final last night over the Anaheim Ducks at the United Center put an end to the Blackhawks four-game losing streak for the Anaheim Ducks. That tough sledding continues as they've now lost 10 of their last 11 total. And also nice to see the Blackhawks come away with their third win in their last five games at the United Center as well after that was kind of an issue, picking up victories in their own building. That was something that eluded them too often, I thought, a little bit uh, earlier on in the season. So nice to see the Blackhawks getting back into that W column, regardless whether it was another uh, one goal performance or not. We'll take them any way we can get them at this point in time. But with it being a one nothing win last night, there's obviously not a ton to break down since there wasn't all that much goal scoring. But first and foremost, what I got to start out today's episode with is a major kudos to goaltender Peter Morazic, who was absolutely spectacular last night, stopped all 37 shots that he faced to not only pick up his first shutout as a member of the Chicago Blackhawks, but also to pick up his first one since 2021, nearly three years ago. He was truly spectacular last night, the clear-cut main reason why the Blackhawks came away with this win, undoubtedly the number one star of the game. We've seen the Blackhawks put up a lot of one-goal performances so far this year. They haven't been able to win any of them up until now, so great to see Peter Morazic kind of refine that form once again, and honestly, aside from that little three-game stretch he's had recently where uh, it was a shoddy performance against Columbus and then uh, also, I, I think the Blackhawks defense didn't really do him any favors in those losses that he earned against the Detroit Red Wings or the Minnesota Wild, but 
he taking a look at Peter Morazic's numbers, man, he has been awfully impressive this year. A 6-8-0 record in 14 appearances, responsible for six of the eight wins that the Blackhawks have this season. And quite honestly, considering the defensemen that they've been icing each and every game, mostly the lineup has been filled with rookies and the Blackhawks have been on the wrong end of the shots on goal category more often than not. Peter Morazic, these numbers uh, are even more impressive when you consider those factors. He's got a 3.17 goals against average now and a 9.07 save percentage with one shutout in those 14 appearances. And like I said, that's coming off of a little bit of a, a bumpier stretch in comparison to what he's been doing all season long. Because prior to that start against Columbus, which out of those three games that I just mentioned, that was the only real one where I, I think we can say Peter Morazic put up a stinker. Other than that, he has been outstanding. And prior to that stretch against Columbus, uh, he had a save percentage right around 920 and a goals against average below three. And quite honestly, 3.17 uh, goals against 907 save percentage uh, in 14 starts with this Blackhawks defense is pretty outstanding in and alone of itself. So great to see Peter Morazic really, really finding his stride this season after, uh, you know, a lot of ups and downs these past few years, not only with his play on the ice not being all that consistent, but also just the fact of how much of a battle it was for him to to remain healthy. It seemed like he was dealing with never-ending nagging groin injury since becoming a member of the Chicago Blackhawks. And that actually uh, plagued his final season might've been his only season actually with the Toronto Maple Leafs, which led to that trade, but he's playing some of the best hockey of his career right now at 31 years of age. And there's a real case to be made Blackhawks fans that Peter Morazic is the MVP of this Blackhawks team so far this year. There's an argument to be made that he can go uh, head to head with Connor Bedard. I would probably give Connor the edge because he's playing on a nightly basis but gosh almighty, Blackhawks fans, I don't even want to think about what this team's record could be uh, if they were having to start Arvid Soderbloom each and every game. Like, uh, I think they might have three or four wins on the year. So um, lots of respect, lots of kudos, and a congratulations to Peter Morazic for finding his game again and picking up that first shutout in a nearly a three-year stretch. Although I do want to say, I don't want to make this solely about Peter Morazic because even though the Blackhawks gave up 37 shots on goal last night, you go and look at the numbers. It looks like it was kind of a, a lopsided affair where the goaltender stole the show for them. And while that is partially true, they absolutely wouldn't have won this game without Morazic by, you know, scoring only one goal. But I, I did think it was one of the better defensive performances that the Blackhawks have had this season. Uh, even despite the amount of shots on goal that they gave up, it, it was mostly due to, the strong push that the Ducks had there in the third period. It feels like whenever the Blackhawks have a lead entering that final frame, which, yeah, that's been rare this season too, but it feels like whenever that's the case, the opposing team is always able to find a way to come with a good charge and to make things interesting there down the stretch. And I got to hit uh, social media with the old hold on to your butts gift. But I did think the Blackhawks defense in those opening 40 minutes and, and even in the third period, while Anaheim did come with that charge, I did think they did a they did a good job of blocking shots, and I also thought they didn't give up that many high danger opportunities. Like there there wasn't those breakdowns. And one of my keys to the game was just to get back to the basics, to play a really structured style, 
Don't make any mistakes. Don't give the Ducks anything easy. And I thought they did that. They didn't give them, you know, any of those odd man rushes, really, that we've been seeing plague this Blackhawks team all season long. They weren't letting get guys get wide open all alone in front of Peter Morazic. So even though they gave up 37 shots on goal, I, I do want to give uh, some credit to the Blackhawks defense here for uh, um, really limiting the Ducks to the amount of dangerous chances that they got. And when they did get those, Peter Morazic was able to uh, stand on his head and and deny them of those opportunities. So no, don't make no mistake about it. Peter Morazic was uh, outstanding. It was a tremendous showing from him, but I also thought the Blackhawks defense aided in that as well and limiting the amount of big saves that he truly had to make to get this shutout in net. And one thing that's kind of been mentioned about Peter Morazic and the strong start that he's off to this year, there have been a lot of Blackhawks fans suggesting maybe the Blackhawks should go and trade him to go and get more assets in their back pocket moving forward at this year's trade deadline. And while I don't hate that idea, the one thing I will say is it does feel like there's still a little bit of a bridge and a little bit of a wait before we see this next surge of Blackhawks goaltenders kind of take over the net in in this rebuild. It, It feels like Arvid Soderbloom from what we've seen this year, I said it on the show on Wednesday, it just feels like, or maybe it was Thursday, I can't remember, it just feels like he hasn't been ready to take that leap. The consistency just hasn't been there for him like it's needed to be, like it needs to be at the NHL level. And with that being the case, I just don't see them trading Peter Morazic this year to leave Arvid Soderbloom as the starter, especially because I don't think they want to be calling up Jackson Stauber or, or Drew Camesso unless there, there's an injury or some sort and it's an emergency and they have to. I think they want to be letting both of those guys develop down in Rockford at the proper pace. So because of those reasons, I just think it's complicated for the Blackhawks to move Peter Morazic unless they were able to get another NHL caliber goaltender back. And also one thing to point out with this being the case, and look, I feel like Drew Camesso is probably the, the progression here is probably for him to be the starter down in Rockford once again next year, if I had to guess. I mean, still a ways away, obviously, but Goaltenders take some time. It's just a position that takes a while to develop. Guys need a lot of reps. I wouldn't hate keeping Peter Morazic around for another year or two. He kind of honestly fits in well with what the Blackhawks are doing right now. Like they're not trying to be competitive, but they still need to be, you know, fielding an NHL icing, I should say, an NHL caliber roster because at the end of the day, you do want to be helping these guys develop. Um, So I think it's kind of a tough position for the Blackhawks to be in, but it feels like they still do need a goal, a filler goaltender for the next year or two. And I think Peter Morazic could serve that role perfectly. He's obviously gotten tight knit with the organization, with the coaching staff these last couple of years, and feels like he could be a good veteran guy for all these young goaltenders to lean on as well. So that's why I kind of have some hesitancy for a couple of different reasons whenever Peter Morazic gets uh, mentioned in trade rumors by Blackhawks fans. But it, it, regardless, he, it's great to see him playing a, a high-level hockey again. I know there have been a lot of battles, and it was awesome to see him spearhead the Blackhawks to a one nothing victory last night, one they desperately needed to get them back in the W column for their eighth victory of the season. All right, folks, coming up in just a minute here, don't go anywhere because I do want to talk about the strong showing that we got from the Blackhawks special teams department last night, which is another rarity in and alone of itself. But first, I need to talk to you all quickly about FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any 
winning $5 money line bet. Again, that's 150 bucks if your team wins outright on a $5 money line bet. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's literally no better time to get in on the action right now. Because football season is getting into the nitty gritty here as we start to creep towards the playoffs and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Just pick any team to win Moneyline outright with a $5 bet if you're a new customer and you'll get $150 in bonus bets for the victory. And you can use these bonus bets to bet on everything from the money line to the spreads, player props, and even over-unders. All on an app that's safe secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, I love how FanDuel pays you out instantly. There's no better place to bet on the NFL than FanDuel. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Blackhawks take on the St. Louis Blues Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. It's the second time that these two Central Division foes meet this season. And you can catch all the action of the Blackhawks hometown broadcast with the SiriusXM app. Just look up the SXM app and search Blackhawks. All right, segment two. I also wanted to talk about the Blackhawks power play because that was obviously instrumental in them getting that one nothing win last night. Their only time they found the back of the net came via the power play. And not only do they have three power play goals in their last five games, which feels like some major progression, but they also have generated 1.16 scoring chances per minute on the power play over that five game stretch, which ranks ninth in the NHL. So Things undoubtedly have been going better for the Blackhawks, man, advantage, and that's just been so much needed with the goal-scoring struggles that they've been going through without Taylor Hall, Corey Perry, and Andreas Athanasiu. But last night, I I thought not only did they move the puck better than they have recently, I I think that's been a huge reason why they've been getting some momentum. They've been moving it well, and I also think Seth Jones just – being determined to shoot the puck from the blue line. I know he's still without a goal this season, and that's a huge part of the Blackhawks' all-in-all struggles throughout the year on the man advantage, but I think good things are going to come from it if he keeps going with that mentality. But I think the biggest difference in the Blackhawks' power play these last couple of games is they're finally winning battles to establish things in the offensive zone. And one thing I believe all Blackhawks fans will will feel like it's music to their ears is when Luke Richardson, after the game last night, told the media that they've kind of tried to stop using the drop pass on the power play, which a lot of us fans have been screaming for for far too long. I mean, the Blackhawks have been using that, gosh, for as long as I can remember. And for as long as I can remember, it hasn't worked. But Richardson said they've tried to stop going with that a little bit more and trying to establish more clean entries just right off the rip. Because this team, I, I mean... The drop pass, it just hasn't been working. But the battles is what they've needed to improve on the most. And that's kind of what's led to these goals is winning those loose pucks, those one-on-one competition battles in the corners in those areas. And that was a clear example of it last night on the lone goal of the game for the Blackhawks. I know Connor Bedard will get all the recognition because he's Connor Bedard. And it was also a beautiful play for him to settle that bouncing puck and to kind of draw the defenders over to him to find Kurashev open in that area for the one-timer. 
Kurashev continues to be an absolute beast. His fifth goal of the season as well. I've been really pleasantly surprised with his offensive consistency this year. Um, he, he's been really stellar in his 19 games of action. Bedard gets the primary assist, gets, you know, the point on the board while Leo Carlson, the number two overall pick, gets held scoreless. I'm sure that had to feel good for Bedard getting involved in the game-winning goal. But while those two get the recognition, the play was really created by Tyler Johnson along the wall, folks. Go back and look at this play. And it was actually what stood out to me immediately is that Johnson went in along the right half wall one-on-one, and he's an undersized guy, probably the smallest forward on the team. But he goes in there, makes a nice scrappy play to win that loose puck, and then quickly shifts the puck over to the other side because he knows that the Ducks don't have a ton of support there. I mentioned Badar does a good job settling that puck and finding Kurashev in that soft spot of the zone to put the Blackhawks ahead to one, one to nothing. That play wouldn't have been created without Tyler Johnson's effort and his hustle and his determination to go and win that battle. And those are the things I, I think we've seen the Blackhawks get better at. And Connor Bedard, even himself, I, I think this is one thing that's really stood out about his game is how much of a little grinder he is out there. I know he's undersized and he's going to get bodied, especially at his age. But he has no quit in him, man. Going back to that goal that he set up for Lucas Reichel against the Red Wings, um, another thing that he does really well is just always seeming to be in the right spot at the right time. Scoops up that loose puck against the Red Wings, centers it to find Lucas Reichel in the soft spot. Bada bing, bada boom, that's a goal. Taylor Radish's net front presence, I think, has been a huge boost to this power play as well. There have been a couple of different things that have given us some hope that this power play could be trending into the right direction. Um, Yeah, three goals in the last five games. That is a a beautiful sequence that I love to say here on the show. Hopefully they can really get that man advantage going because, again, it's it's really needed right now with all the five-on-five struggles that this team is having offensively. And on the flip side, I don't know exactly how many games the Blackhawks have this season where they've scored a power play goal themselves and not given one up to the opposing team, but I know it's not very many. But they did it last night in this win, a 3-4-3 showing out of the Blackhawks penalty kill. Um, Now, I will say a lot of that was a result or a a symptom of Peter Morazic blanking the Ducks and stopping everything that he saw last night. That certainly can't be forgotten about. But I mentioned the shot blocking for the Blackhawks I thought was good. I I believe they had a 20-8 advantage in that category. And like I said, they just didn't give any, they didn't have any full on blunders, right? They weren't leaving guys wide open all alone in front of Peter Morazic. Um, It it was a little bit better structured, but it did certainly help that their goaltender was absolutely on one to back them up, but we'll take them. However, we can get them Blackhawks fans because last night was just the third time in the last 17 games that the Hawks have not allowed a power play goal to their opponent. That is not a mystery. That's an actual stat and tells you just how bad the penalty kill has been during this stretch. I know if you go and look at the numbers, the Blackhawks don't have the worst penalty kill in the league for the season, but considering how things have been trending, I I would honestly put them right there in that conversation. So yeah, we'll take them any way we can get them. Any, any game without a power play goal given up is one we'll absolutely take and like the power play. Hopefully this is something that the whole special teams department can build on because if they're able to improve those areas, that's going to help them out so much in these low scoring tight knit games that they've struggled to come out on the right side of the final outcome in. All right. There are my final thoughts from the black. Oh no, 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 no. Let me interrupt myself. I apologize. Hugely apologize. I talked about Peter Morazic, talked about Tyler Johnson's play. I talked about Connor Bedard and uh, Philip Kershev being involved, obviously, on the lone goal of the game. 
I also got to give a shout out to big defensive defenseman Louis Crevier because in just his second games game of NHL action last night, I thought he looked extremely comfortable out there and turned in a really solid performance on the big bastard pairing along with Alex Vlasic. Both of those guys, I think, kind of are like the Spider-Man gif with one another. Like They just play a very simplified game. They use their size to their advantage, use that wrong leech to disrupt puck carriers and passing lanes and whatnot. They don't do anything flashy, but they get the job done defensively. And just a really solid performance out of Crevier. He actually led the Blackhawks stat card last night. He was number one up there and was one of the, their better defensemen and players in general in terms of the analytics. He was on the ice for 17 shot, shot attempts for to just nine against and 12 scoring chances for to five against as well. So love that performance. Looked really sure of himself and just easy going out there, playing freely, not doing trying to do anything too much. But, you know, being a seventh round pick, big defensive defenseman, that's kind of all we can ask out of him. And for a guy that went 188th overall in the 2020 NHL draft, for him to even make the NHL is pretty unbelievable in and alone of itself. And he's looking comfortable out there and looking like he's been deserving of this call-up. So great to see big bastard Louis Crevier have a really solid performance last night. And another good reminder of what marinating down in Rockford can do for you. And as the Blackhawks go about this rebuild, we've seen it last year, obviously. We've seen it this season, too. I talk about Rockford a bunch, but that program is going to be such an incre- such a huge, huge part of the Blackhawks rebuild. What they're going to be able to do down there in terms of developing guys, it's going to be such a huge focal point in this rebuild. And a good reminder of what you know developing down there can do for you when, when it goes well. Alex Vlasic, Louis Crevier. Two great examples of that, and I think a good reminder of why sending Wyatt Kaiser down there isn't the end of the world. He could come back more ready and better than ever, and that's the hope that the Blackhawks organization have as well. So shout out to Louis Crevier for having a tremendous performance in the Blackhawks win last night, along with Peter Morazic, Tyler Johnson, Connor Bedard, Philip Kurashev. Didn't want to big leave out Big Lou, uh, and I actually saw somewhere on social media, I don't know if this is new, but or, or true, I guess I should say. Uh, I saw someone say his nickname is the crab. I don't know. I don't know if that's actually true. We're going to have to get some more scoop on that. But if it is a pretty solid nickname and pretty solid game out of Blackhawks, 2027th round pick Louis Crevier last night in their win over the Ducks. All right. There are my final thoughts out of last night's win at the United Center. Coming up in just a moment before I wrap things up, I do still want to get into a quick preview of tomorrow night's matchup with the St. Louis Blues. But first, I got to talk to you all about Jace Medical. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world today, and it's important to be prepared at all times. And that's why Jace Medical has come up with the Jace case. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also go and customize your own case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. Everyone should be empowered to compare to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. And make sure you don't get uh, get caught unprepared. Go and get the Jace case today. You can do so by visiting jacemedical.com. And when you do, make sure to use the promo code LOCKDOWN in all caps at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKDOWN in all caps for a $20 discount on your first order at jasemedical.com. 
Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, make sure if you're still tuned into today's episode, first, let me just say thank you very much for all of your support. I greatly appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, please go and help your boy out by smashing that like button, commenting down below, and subscribing to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel to stay all caught up on Blackhawks news throughout the course of the regular season. And also make sure to go and check out the new Lockdown Sports today because Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown plus our national shows covering every league. So once again, go check out Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Segment three, the busy schedule for the Chicago Blackhawks rolls on into the weekend here as we get yet another weekend back-to-back. First on Saturday, they'll be taking on the St. Louis Blues, and then on Sunday, they'll be wrapping up their homestand with a matchup against Alex Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals. But starting with Saturday's game against St. Louis, maybe if I have time, I have a pretty busy Saturday, but I do know Sunday's game is a late start. I'm not going to say it's going to happen for sure, but if I'm feeling good on Sunday morning, maybe I'll try to get a recap of Saturday's game against the Blues out as well as a preview against the Capitals. But I definitely want to talk a little bit about the second matchup between the Hawks and the Blues, these two Central Division foes, although it hasn't felt like much of a rivalry since 2016 as uh, following that St. Louis Blues first round playoff victory over the Blackhawks. It just kind of seems like they have their number. And in the first meeting of the season, no different. The Blues came away with a four to two victory at the United Center, a tough start. And that one really kind of plagued the Blackhawks. They fell behind uh, two to nothing in the opening five and a half minutes and also gave up a power play goal as well. Shocking. I know uh, late in the first period to fall behind three to one and just were never able to fully claw their way back. But ever since that first matchup, just a couple of Sundays ago, I believe it was um, 13 days ago now, uh, the Blues kind of been up and down for them, just like their entire season has been really. Uh, they're two, three and oh in their last five games since that first meeting. Um, so we kind of, you know, know what to expect with the St. Louis Blues team. It feels like it's kind of a not not the start that they wanted. They're currently sixth in the Central Division standings behind both the Arizona Coyotes and the Nashville Predators at this point in time. The red hot Arizona Coyotes, I think I should add. Um, but yeah, an up and down stretch here out of the St. Louis Blues. What's kind of weird is taking a look into their numbers. I would expect their offense to be better than what it is. And I expected the Blues to be a playoff team this year. I know a lot of people were down on them. But I quite honestly thought the young group that they have, and they still have some good veteran depth forwards as well and a pretty solid decor. It always feels like it comes down to Jordan Bennington for them. He's actually been pretty good this season. Their defense has been all right, but the offense has been what's really let them down. Looking at the numbers here, the Blues are 24th in the NHL in goals per game, which really caught me off guard. And I think a huge part of that is because they're in single digits on the power play for the entire season at just 9%. Somehow they have a worse power play than the Blackhawks do is they're 31st in the entire NHL on the man advantage. That's been a huge issue for them all season long. I don't think they had a power play goal in their first like seven or eight games of the year. Yeah, it was an absolutely brutal stretch for them that we kind of know all too well. Defensively, they've been middle of the pack, 16th in goals against this year while being 20th on the penalty kill. Still a veteran defenseman group though, and I'm just kind of confused by the St. Louis Blues ho-hum start. It feels like I thought they'd go one way or the other, but then they've been just kind of a middle-of-the-pack type of team this year. But Robert Thomas, Pavel Buchnevich, 
uh, Jordan, Kyrou, those are the big offensive dogs. We got to be paying attention to nothing, nothing new here. The second line, pretty good depth with Braden Shen, uh, Brandon Saad, Kevin Hayes was an offseason addition of theirs as well. And then looking at their defense, Colton Pareko is actually one thing I noticed responsible for four of their eight goals that they have from defensemen so far this year. So he's really the one, even though they still have uh, Tory Krug and some other defensemen like Nick Letty who are known for their offensive abilities. Colton Pareko has really been the one to do it on the back end for them recently. So we'll see what kind of uh, what kind of effort the St. Louis Blues come out with. They just split a home-and-home home series. Excuse me, had to move that water. Against the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, coming off a win, though, in Vegas in the last matchup. Uh, just kidding. Other way around. They lost 6-3 to three in the last matchup to Vegas in St. Louis after beating them 2-1 to one in Vegas the game prior. As far as what I think we'll see out of the Blackhawks lineup, I don't know if there's really going to be all that many or if any changes. Um, I know they were thinking about recalling a defenseman from Rockford, given that Jared Tenorti is still in concussion protocol. And I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world either, because the, the Murphy Zaitsev pairing last night, I, I thought Jones and Korchinski were fine. Crevier and Vlasic were really good. Murphy and Zaitsev were awful. And there's a case to be made that Connor Murphy and Nikita Zaitsev have been the two worst defensemen for the Blackhawks this season. And pairing them together with Murphy on his offside, it feels like it's uh, it's bound to go horribly, is what I'm trying to say here. And it didn't go very well in their first game together last night. So I think calling up Isaac Phillips is still the smart call. They need another left-handed defenseman at this point in time. Um, but even if they do, I don't know if he would be getting into the lineup on Saturday night. I have a Pretty good feeling that the Blackhawks are going to be rolling with the same group once again. Although I would like to see Lucas Reichel get a little bit of a bump up after pretty quiet game on the fourth line with Mackenzie Entwistle and Ryan Donato, which doesn't shock me whatsoever. I just don't think that's a spot he's going to have success in. And again, I get what Luke Richardson's trying to do, but I don't know if you're going to get the final results you want to see with Lucas Reichel on the fourth line. So for me personally, the second line's been super quiet. Uh, I think Cole Gutman could be a guy that could go down to the fourth line and do better in that role. And that would leave Lucas Reichel with Tyler Johnson and Taylor Radish on the second line. I'd much rather see Reichel in that spot inside the top six for the Blackhawks moving forward. Um, but yeah, other than that, I don't know. I don't think Boris Kachuk is going to get back in. I don't think Reese Johnson's going to get back in. I, I think Kachuk is deserving of it, but coming off a win, We've seen Luke Richardson roll it back with less so far this season. So we'll see if there's any changes at the Blackhawks morning skate. We didn't get any indication of line combos or anything of that sort at practice this morning, but um, wouldn't be shocked to see the same lineup iced once again for the Blackhawks when they take on the St. Louis Blues for the second time in two weeks at the United Center tomorrow night. Keep your eyes out on social media. I don't have my keys to victory or anything of that sort yet, but I will be posting them out on social media before that 7.30 p.m. puck drop against the Blues. All right, folks, that is going to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and show some support by following Locked On Blackhawks for free right now, wherever you may be listening to your podcast, and to go and subscribe to the Locked On Blackhawks YouTube channel. That way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman 2 or you can go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, or until the next episode, I guess I should say, 
Everyone out there, make sure to enjoy your weekends. Be safe, but have a good time. Go Blackhawks. Let's at least try to go and get a win over the St. Louis Blues. I'm sick of listening to those guys, losing to those guys. Until the next episode, everyone have a good weekend.